Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Ronnie will be teaching from the book of Galatians, chapter 1. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. What gives Paul the right to say that his message, listen, that his message is right and every other message is wrong. Do you understand? This is what we Christians do. At least we Christians who believe in the inerrancy and the infallibility of the word of God. That means God's word is right and everybody else is wrong. That was a big theological way to say that. God's word is right and everybody else is wrong. Somebody please give me a hearty amen. Amen. What gives the Christian, here's my point. What gives the Christian the right to say, we are right and everyone else is wrong? What gives Paul the right to say that he is right and everyone else is wrong? Well, in these verses that we just read, listen, Paul answers that question. If you're taking notes, you write this down. He tells us, first of all, of his motive. His motive. You're taking notes? He tells us of his motive. Secondly, he tells us of the origin of his message. And then thirdly, he gives us some background about his training and conversion. He tells us of his motive. Then he tells us of the origin or where did it come from of his message. And then he gives us some background about his training and about his conversion. Now, listen, before we dive back into this, saints, look at me. Give me your attention. One of the things that I think we fail to realize in the church in the U.S., let me say that, that we fail to realize is that when we are reading the New Testament, the message that Paul the Apostle and, and, and the apostles were preaching was a dangerous message. We fail to realize that. It was a dangerous message. When they preached the gospel, they were putting their lives at stake. And the reason they were putting their lives at stake is because the message of the gospel, the gospel that they preached was two things. Number one, it was an insult to the Jews. And secondly, it was a threat to Rome. Write that down. It was an insult to the Jews, and it was a threat to Rome. You see, it was an insult to the Jews. How? how? Because, listen, their scriptures said, the Jewish scriptures said, that anyone who hangs on a tree is cursed. And so the Jew would argue, how can Jesus be the Messiah when, according to the Old Testament, he has been cursed by God because he hung on a tree? Because they failed to understand Because they failed to realize 
because they failed to read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, which says, For he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The Jew didn't read that. They didn't understand. You know, somebody once said it like this. A sinless Jesus became sin-filled so that sin-filled people can be sin-free. I like that so much. I'm going to read that again for myself. They said a sinless Jesus became sin-filled so that sin-filled people can be sin-free. So the message of Jesus as the Messiah was an insult and confusing to the Jew. Not only was it an insult, are you listening, to the Jew, but it was also a threat to the Romans. Because during this time, the Romans controlled the region. And Rome didn't like the fact that Christians were declaring Jesus as king. And that's why Paul and the apostles and thousands of other Christians suffered beatings and tortures and lost their lives. You see, in the U.S., listen, we don't know anything about that. We forget that we live in a Christian-friendly culture. Note, I said it's a Christian-friendly culture. I didn't say it was a Christian culture. Because contrary to popular belief, this is not a Christian culture. Can more than one person say amen? Amen. Thank you, David. Stay with me. This is not a Christian culture. We we got God we trust on our money. We think we're Christians because we go to church on Sunday morning. Might even throw a Wednesday night in there every now and then. Maybe, hey, I'm a two-timer. I come Christmas and Easter. And we're Christian. We are a Christian-friendly culture. And it is safe to preach the gospel in this country. But do you understand? Are you listening? Do you understand that there are many, many peoples on the planet today? What's today's date? The, the 16th? 17th. The 17th of August, 2008, There are people today who live in other parts of the world who are not free to read a Bible, who are not free to carry a Bible, who are not free to even go to church. They are not free to practice the faith that they choose to practice. I told you, in Rajasthan, there are believers there who will be killed if they openly practice their faith. In Rajasthan, the government will pay you $200, $200 to kill a pastor. The money comes from the government. They will pay you $150 if you kill a Christian. Don't y'all understand how blessed you are? We live in a country where we are free. Say a better amen than that. We live in a country where we are free to read our Bibles. We're free to carry our Bibles. I was in a meeting where a brother carried. I told you, I'll tell you again. I saw a pastor walk in carrying a bag of rice. Rajasthan, India, North India, the persecuted church, the underground church. And he walked in carrying a bag of rice. He sat down. He reached into that rice bag and pulled out his Bible. That blew my mind. 
He, get, he had to carry his Bible in a bag of rice. He couldn't carry it on the street like this. Stop on the corner, wait for the bus to come. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the word is a light into my feet, lamp to my path. Can't do that in Rajasthan. Do that in Rajasthan, you'll be dead. You see, we live in a Christian-friendly culture where it was safe to preach the gospel. When Paul was preaching the gospel, or when the apostles were preaching the gospel, their lives were at stake. It wasn't a Christian-friendly culture at that time. Paul tells us, point number one, his motive. In verse 10, saints, please peek at it in your Bibles again. In verse 10, as Paul says, he says he wants them to understand his motive for preaching the message. And he says, I, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? Paul says, my motive in preaching isn't to please men, but it's to please God. You see, if you're ever in ministry to please men, that's a recipe for disaster. Do you understand? Say amen. You can't be in ministry. You'll never make it. You'll never make it. Some people want to get in ministry for all the wrong reasons. I don't care if you're cleaning the toilets in the church. If you're cleaning the toilets in the church so that the pastor can see that you are humble, yeah, I didn't say humble, I said humble. Y'all know, some of y'all know. You clean in the church so the pastor can see that you are humble enough to lower yourself to clean. Listen, that's a recipe for disaster. You're not to do ministry to please men. Paul says, I wasn't interested and I'm not interested in how I'm seen of men he was only interested in how he was seen of God. His motive in ministry was to please men. Also, Paul talks about the origin of his ministry in verse 11 and 12. Go ahead and peek at it. As Paul tells us, the origin of his message, the message that he received was not human in origin or in authority. In other words, Paul says, I did not invent this stuff no man invented this stuff. It came directly from Jesus. Saints, can I share something with you? If the gospel had human origin, it would have been permeated, listen, with works. Isn't that true? If the gospel had been of, of man, of human origin, it would have been permeated with works. That's exactly what happened when the Jews what, the, what they did with the law of God. God gave them the Ten Commandments and they dissected them. And then God gave them the Torah, the first five books of Moses. And from the Torah, they created the Mishnah. And in the Mishnah, they had 4,000 oral traditions underscore of men. Oral traditions of men. The Mishnah had rules and regulations written by man, not by God, that no one could live by. Really, for example, you couldn't look in, the, the Mishnah said, you couldn't look in a mirror on the Sabbath because you might see a gray hair and pull it, and that would be considered works. You're working on the Sabbath. The Mishnah said you couldn't wear false teeth on the Sabbath because you would be carrying a burden. We won't go there. I'm not going to say nothing else about that. The Mishnah said if you wore, get this, a wooden leg, like a prosthetic, and your house caught on fire, and you put it on, and you ran out of the house, that would be breaking the law of the Sabbath that's working on the Sabbath. You see, these are man-made traditions. That's only three. There were 4,000 of those. 
ridiculous man-made traditions. And saints, listen, this is how it works. When you begin to practice man-made traditions, those traditions will take the place of the word of God. And that, by the way, is how you get denominations. Has anybody ever asked you, how come there's so many denominations in the Christians? How come everybody says that they're a Christian, but there's so many? Anybody ever ask you that? Anybody ever allude to that question? Good, many of you. Well, that's how, because you get denominations because churches begin to split over man-made traditions. Don't you know that Jesus was not denominational? Jesus did not tell anybody to follow the Baptists. Say amen. Jesus didn't tell anybody to follow the Catholics. Jesus didn't tell anybody to follow the Presbyterians. Jesus didn't tell anybody to follow the Methodists, the Lutherans. Jesus didn't tell anybody to follow the Calvary Chapelites. You know, there are some, there are people, Calvary Chapel, there's some people like Calvary Chapel, man, if you don't go to Calvary, you don't, you don't go to Calvary Chapel? Oh, y'all ain't getting in the word. Y'all, oh, y'all ain't in the word. Y'all ain't in the word. You don't go to Calvary? Some people like that. I'm a, look, I'm a Calvary pastor. I can speak for my people. Oh, you don't go to Calvary Chapel. Not just this one, any Calvary. Oh, y'all can't be getting in the word. Y'all ain't studying the word. I mean, after all, it's Calvary Chapel, Calvary Chapel. It's Calvary Chapel, the way, the truth, and life. I'm, I'm, I've met people like that. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, hold, hold, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, partner. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, you must follow me. He didn't say follow the denomination. Churches begin to split. Denominations begin to form over man-made tradition, over stupid stuff. Well, we don't think there ought to be drums in the church. Some churches think, man, you got drums in your church. If some people, I'm I kid you not, no one here now because we all enjoy worship together. I know that. But some churches believe if you had drums in the church, that, oh, that's evil. You are, that's the beat of the devil. That's the beat of the devil. That's true. And they go, oh, and, then, and then, so they split. And then they have this, this church. Well, we don't have drums. Well, this church does have drums. Don't you understand? God does not care whether you have drums in your church or not. I honestly believe this. God has got bigger and better things to do to be concerned with whether somebody is beating a drum or not. Somebody clap their hands if you agree. Goodness gracious. People act like people stupid. Stupid. As if God sees a church that got drums, God looks down at the church and goes, ooh, man. Ooh, they got drums. Man, Holy, Holy Spirit, son, we, we're going to talk. We gotta, we're going to figure something out here. It's about as stupid as I want to say 50, 75 years ago when you had the first Baptist Church of Raleigh, true story, at the time, there were all white people that attended that church. And then some of the white people began to bring some of the black people to church. And some of the other white people thought, hey, we can't be going to church with black folks. And then the black people got offended because they, they weren't welcome at that church. And so the black people went to start the first black Baptist church of Raleigh. And you had the first white Baptist church of Raleigh. 
Did anybody say to them, listen, Jesus died to break down the walls that separated the Jew and the Gentile, the male and the female, the barbarian and the Scythian, the black and the white. The blood of Jesus brings down that wall. Now we're one body in Jesus Christ. We don't have to split over that. Don't you agree? Don't you agree? And I tell you once a million times, the one thing I love about this church we don't care what color people are. We, a, amen. I'm going to wait while you clap. I'm going to wait. Who cares? Let me tell you something. If the person to your right or to your left believes in Jesus Christ, I don't care what color they are. They are your brother and they are your sister. They will be in heaven with you like it or not. Now wave at me if you agree. Wave at me if you agree. You understand that. Amen. You know, some people, oh, I ain't going to be in heaven with oh, no, black, no, black, no black folks. Y'all know Pastor Rodney keep it real. You know that, don't you? When I was in Jersey and Philly, speaking to eight different churches, seven different churches, them folks didn't know what to do with me. <laughs> it took them half of my message just to figure out what, what in the world is, where, what is, what is, what is, he's, he's crazy. We're going to be in heaven together. Amen. Black people are going to be in heaven together. And I can tell you something. If you don't like a different race, I know God got a sense of humor. <laughs> Ain't that? Wave at me, my people. Wave at me. Wave at me just for the fun of it. You know, God got a sense of humor. You don't like, you don't like a certain race? God will put you in heaven right next to that person. You say, I, 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 can, I mean, white people are all right, but, you know, I don't know about all that. You, when you get to heaven, guess what? Somebody white going to be standing right there. You don't like black folks? You, you don't like people that have joy and have fun and black women? I pray the Lord put me right next to you. I'm going to drive you crazy for eternity. No! Not him! Anybody, Lord, just not him, not him, not him. Because that's the kind of God we serve. God is just like that. He died for the sins of the world. He didn't die for a group of people. He didn't die for a denomination. Denominationalism is not of the Lord. That's why when people ask me, what am I? I tell them I am a Christian. They go, yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. But what are you? Let's see, C H R, or I am a C, I am a C H, I am a C H R I S T I A N, and I have C H R I S T in my H E A R T, and I will L I B E E T E R N A L L Y, I am a C. There. I'm just trying to break it down for you. Man, God's not denominational. We need to be Christians. By the way, I spelled I'm a Christian and I'm going to live eternally. In case y'all didn't. Some of y'all like, Lord Jesus, help us. So if man had anything to do with the origin of the gospel, works would be involved. So they came up with the Mishnah, 
Then they came up with the, tor- with the, with the Talmud, which explained the Mishnah, which explained the Torah. And Paul, get this, was an expert in all of these matters. Everyone knew that Paul was brilliant. Gamaliel, who was he? Paul's teacher. He said his only problem with Paul was he couldn't keep him in enough books. Paul says, listen, he got his revelation from Jesus. He didn't get it from man. He didn't get it from a seminary. And we know that's true because, listen, if Paul or any other man had come up with the gospel, it wouldn't be the gospel. We know the gospel isn't of human origin because here, here's another reason why we know it. Because it's too simple. It's too simple. I mean, think about it. Here's the gospel in a nutshell. God the Father sent God the Son to the earth in the form of a baby. God comes to the earth as a baby. He lives as a man. He wins hearts with his love, stirs souls with his teaching, marvels minds with his miracles. He's betrayed by one of his followers. He's brutally beaten. He's crucified. He dies. He's buried. Count it. Three days later, he rose again, ascended to heaven. And the only thing that he wants from us is to get for us to give our hearts to him that we might be saved from our sins. That is the gospel. Period. That is too simple. If man came up with it, you got to throw something in there. You got to do something. You can't just believe. That's it. Receive him in your heart as Lord and Savior. That's it. You, 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 you don't have to tithe? No. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice thing. But do you have to in order to be saved? No. Don't add anything to the grace of God. See, it's too simple. That's all God wants. It sounds crazy. So if the gospel were, in human, were, were uh, uh, of human origin, there'd be rules. There'd be regulations. You couldn't smoke or chew or go with girls who do. I'm not advocating these things. I'm just telling you. Salvation would be based on works and not grace. So at the end of the day, then we can say that we deserve it. God intentionally, listen to me close. God intentionally kept this whole salvation thing independent of your works because he knew that if you had anything to do with it, you would brag about it. Yeah, you would. Well, I deserve salvation. After all, I'm a good person. I helped the Jerry's kids. I deserve to be saved. God says no. I'm going to keep this independent of you. How do you know that, Rodney? Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace are you saved. Can you help me? For by grace are you saved through faith. Can you help me? It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Period. It has nothing to do with you. And God intentionally 
kept it out of our hands. The gospel, the emphasis in the gospel is what God did, not what I did. And that's why Paul can say with authority, the message that I am preaching is the yardstick by which every other message is compared because it wasn't of human origin. Paul didn't invent it. He learned the gospel from Jesus himself. It came by revelation. And by the way, listen, that's how it always comes. It came by revelation to you too. January 23rd, 1982, 7.30 p.m., San Diego Street, Oceanside, California. I had a revelation and gave my life to Jesus Christ because he quickened my mind. He quickened my spirit. And I woke up the next morning with a revelation that the sky was blue. I'm sure the sky's always been blue, but I, I had been on drugs since I was nine years old, so I guess I never saw it. And I had a revelation that the brown dirt was brown. And I'll never forget the 24th of January, 1982. I was going to church. That was the morning that I've been saved for nine hours. We got out of church late that night before. Just thought y'all might want to know that. And I'm going to church. I looked at the, I had never seen God open my eyes, a revelation. God opened my eyes and the green grass was green. I walked across the parking lot. The brown dirt was brown. I started crying. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, man, that dirt is so brown. God is so good. I'm like, oh, my God, you're a good guy. You're a good guy. You're a good guy. You're a good guy. <laughs> you know you're crying when you go, God. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I'd never seen it. You can't get saved without a revelation. Somebody say amen. You can't get saved. So Paul says, I wasn't ordained by men, but by God. I was called to give a message that should never be tampered with. And if someone tampers with it, they should be eternally damned. Paul says with his message, I'm not trying to please men. I'm trying to please God. And then Paul, look at verse 13 in your Bibles. Paul illustrates that by using his own life. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.